it's not officially spring yet, but it does feel like spring. We're into the middle of March, and it occurred to me we're two months away from the start of the NASCAR Pinty season. I'm just kind of like, how did that happen? Where did the winter go? It's I'm, I'm looking at the weeks and I'm running out of time to build content for the beginning of the season. And I'm like, Oh, I've got that weekend's motorama, scratch that off that weekend. I've got an event, scratch that off. Oh, cool. I have exactly maybe two weeks. And we should explain a little bit that during this time, before the season starts, you and others involved in series business often do preseason previews and you start to build a bit of a library of content so that you're not trying to do it all while the season's going on. So you don't call up a driver and say, hey, I'd really like to do this fun lifestyle or goofy feature with you while they're trying to fix their car that got wrecked the weekend before so that they can race it this weekend. It's just, yeah, yeah you're, you're a little more likely to get something like that done if you do it preseason. Yeah. No, no way am I getting calling up a driver and being like, Hey, can you do this interview where you're super peppy happy and talking about how much you love this thing? <laughs> Meanwhile, you're having to, like you said, rebuild your backup car, rebuild your car for, or set up your car for a completely different race. It just doesn't happen like that. No. So this is normally a time when some of that is done and Caitlin's just saying that she's kind of running out of time, but you know, these things, these things happen. And it's also a very busy time with NASCAR got started a few weeks ago. IMSA got started at Daytona. IndyCar got started last month in St. Petersburg. And they're, they're all going this weekend. And Formula One also begins this weekend, which I'm very excited about after, well, let's just say the dramatic way that last season ended. Um, it's gonna, definitely going to be interesting to see how things come back. Um, I know we said today we are also going to review um, raced uh race bubble wallace documentary on netflix and then drive to survive i haven't started drive to survive but you have i have started and in fact i am well along the way to watching all the episodes in drive to survive i won't give anything away i won't be the the spoiler person but it will i will say that i've i've watched it and i don't know if i'm watching watching it in through a slightly different lens this year but it's just it's, it's very well done. It's an exceptionally well done show, first of all. Mm -hmm. I know, I don't know how many people who have watched Drive to Survive on Netflix and become Formula One racing fans. I mean, had nothing to do with racing before, but have become absolutely uber fans, super interested in every event and what's happening and the dynamics and the politics and all the rest of it. And you'll think I'm weird about this. I, I think it's great. It's, it's an exceptionally well done show. It's beautifully produced and shot and it's, it's really interesting. But it is not a documentary. It is an entertainment lifestyle kind of behind the scenes peak show. It is not a documentary. And I don't think they've ever claimed to be. But I think mm -hmm. that's the way some people perceive this show. That is true. I would never really, I always say documentary because it's like the catch-all term kind of. It's but a chronological it is, It's a mini series. series. Right, right. It's a mini series. It's, it is the entirety of a season encapsulated in 10 episodes. Yes, that's exactly so, what it is with storylines 
amplified, mm -hmm. elevated, and sometimes dramatized to help move the plot and story along. Is that a fair assessment of Drive to Survive? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in a documentary, it's like you go into it with a specific like start and end point and mm -hmm. you kind of like take what you have and like I want to say manipulate around it but like you kind of pick and choose what goes into a documentary mm -hmm. whereas this mini series while they may dram over dramatize or manipulate some things to build that tension everything that you see happen in the show happened in real life right it did it did happen it's just amplified at times mm -hmm. in terms of how it's it's presented and i think that's that's maybe it is is the presentation as much as anything it's it's it actually reminds me of have of, of a conversation with my mom years ago do you remember the movie argo with um with ben affleck no i do not okay it's a few years old but it sort of retells the story of american hostages in iran during uh the crisis in in the uh in the 1980s and the movie came out it was it was very successful made a lot of money won some awards and all the rest of it i and i had this conversation with my mom afterwards and she said that movie argo i'm telling they they didn't give any of the credit to the canadians they did everything the americans were bumbling this and that and they didn't give all the credit to the canadians and she went on and on and on for 10 minutes i said mom it's not a documentary. It says based on the events of history. It is not a documentary, a chronological telling of the story. It's based on the events for entertainment value. And that's and that's what Drive to Survive is. It's yeah. not a, a strictly a fact-based thing. It's a great show. Um, Yuki Sonoda made me laugh. I don't know how many times. It's very oh, funny. Uh, Pierre Gasly's good. The, the drama that ends the season it's there i this is the part you're going to think i'm weird at i don't recall if they have announced if they're doing the series again this year oh. in 2022 i don't know if they have i can't recall if they have if they have this should be the last season they should stop they hmm. should absolutely stop and this be the end of it if they haven't announced the end already because you're at the point where i think you're going to oversaturate a bit and have too much of a good thing and the old cliche of leave them wanting more mm -hmm. is right where we are i think i think they should stop now that is a good point because you know you don't want to see this continue what this is the fourth season four seasons they've done yeah so you don't want to i mean something can be said of doing that one more season like doing 2022 and seeing the outcome of what happened at the end of last season and kind sure. of seeing how things changed like what Lewis's perspective is on things and Verstappen's and kind of seeing how the dynamics have shifted from 2021 to 2022, especially between the drivers, especially between Lewis and the FIA. So I, I would like to see them maybe do one more season, but I a hundred percent agree with you in terms of like, it needs to stop soon. Otherwise, what, what are you going to do? Just keep going every single season. It's going to get boring at some point. It's going to get repetitive. It's the same as every series, whether it's a drama, whether it's a sitcom, it's, it's gotta have 
an end point. You can't mm-hmm. keep doing it forever and ever. Everybody, you know, the <laughs> let's let's hope that we haven't reached that point in this podcast. But at some point, <laughs> everything jumps the shark, doesn't it? And that's the it's you're at the point now. Don't get there. Don't take the jump mm-hmm. over the shark. Just stop now and you're you're in a very good place. Sure, okay, if you're doing it, do one more season, but mm-hmm. then call it a day. This should be the end of it. Right. And it will be interesting to see if they do announce a fifth season, just because it's like, are they going to try and tie the bow on this season? And like you said, leave people wanting more. And if you want more, come to the race tracks, come to yes. the race, which is like, like I said, everything you see in this doc or in this documentary, we just discussed that Dang it. in this <laughs> mini series happens in real life. So you can follow it. You may not get as personal as the mini series does and as drive as it does talking to the race, talking to the drivers, talking to the coaches, hearing their perspectives, but you can still see the drama play out on track every single weekend. Yes. It's a very a different perspective, but yes, I I'm, I'm curious to see where they, where they go with this. So should we talk about the series that both of us have seen? Do you want to talk about the, the Bubba Wallace uh, race, the uh, limited yes, series? Because- that I thought it was very good. It was very well done. Yeah. I thought it was very tasteful. I thought it was very like impactful. I think there was maybe, I don't think there was a single episode where I didn't tear up because Mm -hmm. there was, and I, I mentioned this on um, stickers and scuffs scuffs when I went on as a guest the other week. I don't know when I missed that Bubba was struggling with depression. I didn't, Mm -hmm hear about that I didn't see it that much on social media which there's news clippings of it in the in the miniseries so it was news at some point I think I just missed it um but I thought it was amazing of him to open up because it is hard to open up about that stuff sometimes and talk about it and you know he's kind of come to terms with it when you see him kind of joking about it and not making light of it but like he he's with he's with his fiance he's with his friends in that moment. So it's like, they all have accepted it and he's accepted it, which is really nice to see. But I think the people they brought on in terms of, um, I guess, character, not character witnesses, what are they called in the miniseries when they bring on like, like different like journalists and, um, offering different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 I thought they had, some really good picks. Obviously you have to have Steve Phelps in there um, to get NASCAR's perspective, but they also brought on Brandon Thompson, who's the VP of the diversity chapter in NASCAR. And that chapter was really coming to light in 2020 when all of this was happening. So starting this, not starting it, but like really like pushing it forward during this period and then having everything happen, everything that happened at Talladega, the Black Lives Matter movement, all of that happening can be extremely overwhelming so to hear brandon's perspective on it from his point of view was really amazing as well i agree i thought brandon's parts in that that they used his interview segments were excellent Mm -hmm. i think you really i think i i really got a sense and felt a bit of the pressure the weight that bubba wallace feels on a daily basis Mm -hmm. watching this series and it's, it's not something he's complaining about. It's just he's under trying to let everyone understand and let them know what is what is going on. 
And th there was one point in one of the episodes when, when Denny Hamlin just kind of mentions, you know, there's millions of dollars involved. He's getting paid a lot of money. It's you have to produce. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it is. And in high level professional sports, you produce or they get someone else that will. Mm -hmm. And everybody understands the rule going in that you are great and wonderful and fantastic until you're no longer a productive member of this team or group. And then you move on and we get someone else that does. That's just the cycle of life and how it, how it works. But I, I, it wasn't a complaint, but I think I understand it better with, with Bubba Wallace and all that is involved with, with his circumstance and situations. And I think he handles it marvelously. And I think, I think he uses the, the sense of humor as a bit of a defense mechanism. I do all the time. It's, oh, uh, it's self-deprecating humor. Yeah. It's just the way you deal with stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that Bubba is in a very unique position that, you know, and I was thinking about this the other day where it's like, I feel like F1 and IndyCar and IMSA don't really have, they do to an extent, but they don't have as big of a weight in terms of um, race and diversity as NASCAR does. NASCAR can sometimes come with a lot of hate and you see that in the miniseries where they talk about abolishing reading the, the tweets, reading the reading tweets, the, reading the tweets that are, are sent to Bubba and others, uh, whether it's a, a DM or whether it's a, a tweet. It's just, I, I don't know where mm -hmm. that level of rage comes mm -hmm. from with some, and it's just, it's puzzling to me that, someone would lash out in this in this manner for no for no reason as well it's like he's never done anything to you he's never done anything to your family he's never said anything ill will against you so why approach a complete stranger that you've never met before with such hatred it's the anonymity involved often if it's a, a a tweet or social post there is no photo of the person on the account it's a that's mm -hmm. a few letters and numbers or whatever and it's just it's anonymous courage as maybe the the way to put it and it's yeah. it's the furthest thing from courage it is absolute cowardice and bullying and it's unacceptable mm -hmm. and i think anything and everything you can do to, to stop it or diminish it or call it out is most welcome, whether it's having to do with, with Bubba Wallace and the, the nonsense and ridiculous pressures that he faces and the hate that he's thrown his way because of his race. It's disgusting. And, or whether it's just even an opinion that someone expresses and the lashing back that comes with profanity and degrading insults it's appalling that someone would do that and it's just it, it it's cowardice and it's just makes my stomach turn and i hope that i can do anything and everything i can well there was uh, someone that i know who was received this kind of nonsense and so i replied back it's just you know what three followers no photo don't give them the attention just no. ignore it and move along. Because that's what they are in a way looking for is they're looking yes. for that attention. So if you 
and it's easier said than done. A lot of the times I feel like you kind of have to rewire your brain to ignore things like that and to kind of like receive that and just immediately throw it out. But it is definitely easier said than done to just look at that and look at such a hateful message and just say, not gonna, doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter to me. The best way I can think of it, and it's actually something I've worked on a lot in the last year through my own mental health and therapy was understanding that people like that are part of this like 15% of the world that you just don't want to associate with. So you just don't associate with them and you don't take their opinions to heart. You don't engage with them. They just in a way don't exist to you. Yes. And as you said, it's a little hard. It's easier to say that it is to do sometimes because if someone directs something at you and I'll paraphrase, you know, I, I, I've been called a piece of crap and other things <laughs> on numerous occasions before it, I, it comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. I, I understand it. If, if someone disagrees with you and has a very different opinion, I'm fine to discuss it. Mm-hmm. If you want to tell me why you feel differently or have a conversation about it, that's fine. Exactly. There's a difference between just spewing hate and giving yes. constructive criticism. If someone yes. comes to you and is like, Hey, I think you could do this differently, or I don't like the way you do this. Let's have that discussion. Let's talk about it. All but day. if you're just going to come at me and say, you're a piece of crap and I hate the way your voice sounds and get off my TV, <laughs> you're gone. Like, I don't want, like, no one's going to pay attention to you. Sure. And that's, that's the natural, the natural uh, way that some people react. And it, I, it puzzles me. It just, we've, this is a larger discussion and that we've evolved into, but it's just everyone, if you have a different opinion now, it means that, well, you're against me and mm-hmm. I can't be, I can't be on your team or you're not part of my, my team. I mean, I have, I, I have friends that we have differing opinions on different subjects but we're still friends. Mm-hmm. We still act civilly and politely to each other. It doesn't mean 100%. that we, we, we ostracize one another. I mean, I feel like I'm in a very unique generational gap between where a lot of people my age have very differencing opinions with their parents. And yeah. you just kind of learn, and I'm saying this knowing my mom listens to this podcast. Hi, mom. Um, <laughs> you just kind of learn to navigate it. And you don't love your parents any less because of it, but mm. you just learn to navigate those conversations to the point where it's like, maybe we don't talk about politics when I come home. Maybe we don't discuss, you know, what's going on in the world with COVID and stuff like that, because, you know, it's just going to lead to arguments. So it's just spend our time talking about things that matter to us and matter in the relationship dynamic between parents and child. And I, I agree with you. That's a good way to handle it is you, you can shake hands and agree to disagree sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think people have kind of gotten away from that. And I just, I don't understand why there's this, this immediate lashing out with this harsh personal criticism mm-hmm. when someone does something or says something different than your opinion. It's just, I, I like to give people credit for stepping out and mm-hmm. doing something that's different or unique or 
revolutionary, if you will. It's just, hey, I hadn't thought about that. And shouldn't you celebrate people's successes? It's it, it takes a lot of courage to speak and say and do something and venture off on a on a on a different tangent. And I, I think that should be celebrated as opposed to, oh, why would you do that? Or even harsher criticism. Mm-hmm. And you do see it a lot more nowadays. I want to say, especially in my generation where you're seeing a lot of people kind of break away from the societal mold that's been set. And, you know, you see a lot of people in their twenties and even early to late thirties breaking away from the nine to fives and going and doing something completely different. Now with the pandemic coming to an end, there's a lot of places that are like, we don't need to have offices. We can work from home. So it's the traditional mold is changing, but there's still so much room to break through it and go in a completely different direction than where society kind of sends you. You're right. And then, so why not give someone credit for taking that bold Hmm. step as opposed to, well, are you sure you want to do that? Uh, I don't know if that's a good idea Mm -hmm. because for them to do it, they've given it thought, they've given it uh, a lot of time and effort. And there, I suspect people are looking for a little support and a little encouragement, as opposed to, oh, why would you do that? Is that really a good idea? And the, the sarcastic and snide comment, I, I, I don't want that. I want, if someone wants to do something, uh, I, I, I give them credit and good for you. Mm-hmm. This is a great idea. That's, that's really neat that you've chosen to do something bold like that. Uh, tell me more about it. How can I help? It's, mm-hmm. we, we it's got, like, how we can I support? Get, do you want me to share it on social media? That. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that, uh, I find that a bit of a struggle sometimes. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, I remember growing up in school being told like, oh, you want to work for NASCAR? You want to work in racing? Like that's super out there. Like maybe you should pick like an easier sport to learn or stuff like that. And it's like, so told you so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and you're right. So, well, you're not the traditional mold, if you will, of someone who yeah. would necessarily go to work for a, a sports outfit or a motorsports outfit. And this is, this is different. This is a little outside the traditional mold, but that's great. Isn't that, isn't that what we should be doing is encouraging mm-hmm. for, for men and women to try to find different paths. If there's something that's of interest to you, choose it. Yeah. Go for it. Follow your dreams. Do what you want to do. It's like, if you want to go work for motorsports, go work for motorsports. And it's, if you want to be an NBA analysis, go be an NBA analysis. If you want to do golf, do golf. If you want to start your own Etsy shop, start your own Etsy shop. It's a lot, a lot of people put pressure, put pressure on succeeding, which is very different. So it's like, well, people struck like are learning and like, trying to develop and like get to where they want to go if you're not seen as successful you kind of fall back on this like idea of well maybe you should have gone shouldn't have gone that round but when you are successful then it's all the validation all the like oh like oh you've done so well for yourself all this stuff but it's like nobody talks about that beginning stage where it's like you're still trying to work at it sure it's the 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 cliche is if you get offered something, you say yes to it and then figure out how to do it. The, mm-hmm. the fake it till you make it kind of kind of approach, which I, I I sort of agree with, but I don't necessarily agree with. I mean, I've I've had jobs and 
positions or whatever offered to me. And well, I've never done that before, but I feel like I can do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say yes. And in my vocation, I've, I've seen people do things on television. It's like, well, I could do that, or I would do that differently. But then when you get put into the position, then inside you have to find the courage to do it, mm -hmm. take the step forward and understand that it's going to be a little bit of a learning process. And sometimes it's going to be a bumpy road and maybe somebody's not going to necessarily agree with how you do it too. No. And that's again, where it comes into, you need to learn, you need to take that constructive criticism when it is given by the people that, you know, aren't giving the hate, they're giving the constructive criticism and you need to learn how to take it. There's also another really interesting element of it too, where it's like, sometimes you're given those opportunities and you don't really feel like you're prepared to do it, even though you are on paper qualified, which is something I experienced a whole bunch this week. It's, it's, called, it's called imposter syndrome, where mm -hmm. it's like you feel like you're acting and you feel like you're, you know, you're, you are just constantly faking it till you make it in a way, but you, you never know when you've made it. So it's, I was feeling that a lot this day. I had a lot of like meetings and stuff like that. And like, people were asking me questions and asking me for ideas. And I'm just like, why are you asking me? <laughs> when did I get to this point where it's like, you were coming to me for ideas? Like, and it's just, it's so overwhelming. Cause it's like, you constantly feel like you're acting. And I don't know, I was having a discussion with a friend this week about it as well, where it's like, I don't know if this is like specifically like if someone who like grew up in sports would like really feel that way, but maybe they do. I mean, even Bubba kind of describes it a little bit in race where he's like, he's kind of at that top level, but he doesn't feel like he belongs at that top level because mm -hmm. he's not winning. And mm -hmm. it's, it goes back to the idea of like, if you're not successful, you don't belong. If you're not constantly winning, you don't belong at that top level. So it's like, even though you've pushed yourself to make it to that top level as well. But I'll say to you, that this who's it why are you asking me these questions how did i how did i become this i think that from my perspective i think that says a lot about you mm -hmm. in that what you have done your talent that you have shown what you have accomplished so far in your very young career says she knows what she's doing she's really taken a lot of steps in the right direction in a very short period of time. And look at the things that she has accomplished. Of course, we want to ask her ideas and opinion mm -hmm. on topics and subjects and, and get her input because her insight is valuable. Look at what she has accomplished. There's that's the success part that you, mm -hmm. that you mentioned. And I get that, but I, I think that I don't know. Is that, is that where your comfort comes from when you think about it afterwards? Think, yeah, you're right. I have, uh, I have done pretty well in the, the last couple of years and moving in the direction I want to go. I think, and I, cause I was, like I said, I was discussing this with friends of mine this week. And then I ended up like looking into it and researching it a little bit, that like feeling of imposter syndrome. And I think it actually comes down to a feeling or a misunderstanding or a misinterpretation within yourself that the people around you aren't, don't make mistakes. And weren't in the place you used to be. So it's like, I think of you and it's like, you know, starting in Pinties, it was like Todd Lewis, the TSN pit, pit road reporter, who's this 
like like oh my god he's on tv like how like like how, how could he have ever been not on t- tsn how could he have ever not been todd lewis so it's it's this idea that people never struggled before like struggled before they got into the position of mm-hmm. where they are and where they are successful where it's like you didn't you didn't see those trials that they went through therefore they didn't happen and therefore they are were just originally qualified from the start like they never had to gain that qualification so for me it was i i kind of have to now remind myself whenever i'm in those situations of i'm allowed to say the wrong thing i'm allowed to be wrong and it doesn't make me any less qualified Oh, gosh, no. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for the nice compliment, by the way, first of all, that was that's very nice of you to say. But I'll, I'll tell you, the insecurity part inside Mm -hmm. is that I am forever feeling I have to prove myself. Yes, every time out, every event I work at every race I cover, I have to prove myself. And I use it as a motivator. It's why I, to this day, watch others and watch others that have given tips and seminars and were Twitter uh, spaces, discussions about, I found this, this is helpful. Here's a, here's a thing that helps me. Here's something you might want to try. It's for, it's a forever thing that I do. And I don't want to say it's fear, but it's, it's, I use it as a motivator is that Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to keep learning and improving and getting better because I still think I've got a long way to go. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing I was about to say too. I think that speaks volumes about you that you are constantly willing to put in that work and learn how to be better and constantly realizing that you are, it's kind of that like age old saying of like, if like you can never be the smartest person in the room. And if you are find a different room. Well, I am clearly never the smartest person in the room. And there's the self-deprecating humor. That is, that is always the case. But, but, but you're right. Is just, you, you should always be trying to, to learn something new. It's, it's why, why wouldn't you want to try to learn something new? Mm-hmm. If, uh, well, I mean, that's one of the things that I, I find interesting about this, this podcast venture is, oh, this is a cool idea. We get to talk on a regular basis about all kinds of different subjects sort of scratching the surface of racing here and there mm-hmm. that's the conduit that brings us together but there's a there's a lot of different things that we'll venture into and and learn because that's a I, I think that's a great way to to move forward in in life yeah and this podcast is a complete example of that because we started out giving reviews of Netflix doc racing not Netflix documentaries and we have ended in this position talking about imposter syndrome and race and all kinds of different things. I think that's a nice, well-rounded, interesting discussion. And Mm -hmm. hopefully you did too in watching it and (laughs) listening to it. And perhaps you'll follow us on the social channels. Yes, please. Certainly subscribe and like the podcast and share it to your friends and family and please get them interested as well. So it's, it's, it's about racing, but it's not just about racing. And as you've, uh, I think, really said nicely on the Stickers and Scuffs podcast, mm-hmm. it's a safe space. It's some yeah. place that's welcoming. Everyone's included. Please feel free to jump aboard. Yeah. I don't think you can really find a podcast out there 
that's racing themed that discusses stuff like this week in and week out. You might bring on a guest where that topic comes up, but for us, it's like, we really want to dive deep into those discussions. And that's what will be happening in the weeks ahead. Plus I'm thinking Mm -hmm. we'll save it for next time, but there will be more discussion about food. We didn't really get into food this time. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We haven't really been anywhere recently. It's like you're, you're in a Florida this weekend, right? Uh, No, I'm in, I'm in Ontario. I'm not in Florida for a couple of weeks yet. So Uh, for some reason, I thought you were going to Sebring. It's the Sebring background. I wish I was in Sebring this weekend, (laughs) along with maybe Texas and, uh, and Bahrain for F1. I'm still living off the Daytona vibes, but (laughs) next week I'll probably, I'll hopefully have some, uh, next episode, I'll hopefully have some good, uh, San Francisco, maybe Arizona foods. We'll see, depending on when we record the next podcast. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll discuss and uh, maybe find some, some places. Oh, before we go, the views, opinions, and ideas expressed on this podcast do not reflect those or should be implied in any way as reflecting those of TSN, NASCAR, Avion Motorsports, uh, and, and anyone who may or may not be willing to employ us in the future. How's that for just sort of a general well-rounded disclaimer? Perfect. I think it gets the point across. Okay, great. <laughs> Well, you have fun. We'll talk before you uh, depart on your next journey. But, yes. Uh, have a great journey and we'll, uh, we'll talk more soon. Yes. We'll see you all in the next episode. Bye.